Epic. What? <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of Metrocast. I'm here today on what day is it? The 21st of January, the new decade, with my good pals Meredith, Mark, and Dylan. We're here again. We're gonna do another episode, and today we're gonna be talking about a whole slew of things. The Oscar nominations came out. We also watched Tokyo Sonata from Dylan, and we're also gonna talk about a few other things, whatever comes to mind, really. Um, welcome everybody. It's good to be back. We did it! Yay! I believe We're this back. is. Um, Hello. I'm trying to remember what episode this is. To be honest, I think it's episode nine or eight. Episode nine. <laughs> episode nine or eight. Holy crap! And we it would have been ten, but we did a minisode instead. It's true. It is actually. Uh, no, it's episode six. <laughs> episode oh shit yeah my number is off but welcome to episode six i can't believe we've gotten this far it's amazing we did it that's incredible (laughs) i'm surprised i'm shocked well it's a new decade new motivations new aspirations new dreams and all sorts of other things that'll happen new decade and it only took us 21 days to do (laughs) it takes time to do these things you know everyone has their own life to live very true so i wanted to talk to you guys uh for a little bit about the oscar nomination since they came out and uh you know i think most of us at least have an idea of what the oscars is (laughs) what are those you know it's the little golden statue award where they hand out you know the awards to people who they think deserve it most of the time usually not. are are you talking about those little gummy things they hand out at cvs i don't know what cvs is what? Wait, CBS, I think, it, like, I think C- you're confusing this with the uh, Metro Awards. Too. Oh yes, the yeah. Metro Awards are a classic award ceremony that classy, classy award ceremony where you know the rich win and the under. It's a rigged system, but don't worry, it's okay. Participation on, matters. Where do you get gummies at CVS? I need to go back to that real quick. By the counter, by the it's counter, CBS. or in the halls, like in the they have. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about like CVS, like the like the the like pharmacy, pharmacy store. Yeah. Okay. Oh, pharmacy store. I see now. We have we have gummy bears here, and they're like little gold guys. I was like, they must not have CVSs in the West. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, okay. I was really curious about that. I think they have like caramels or something in ours. So okay. They have Carmex. <laughs> should I should I should I just go for the big boy category, best picture, or should I work, like work my way up? I mean, we can talk about Best Picture. I don't care. Okay, well, we'll just start with Best Picture, because you have Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Literally only three of those movies deserve to be... Or, no, actually four deserve to be Best Picture. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit, uh, 1917, uh, Ford v. Ferrari, and uh, Little Women. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. I mean, like, you know, The Irishman is an all-male cast, and, like... It's very gross, I hate it. It's very, very gross, and Joker is, like... <laughs> I've seen articles about how Best Picture nominations this year about angry white men. <laughs> They're oh like, God. It's like, oh, no. oh, look at all these angry white men. And it's like, hmm, Parasite, nope. <laughs> Little Women, nope. nope. It's a little different than that. <laughs> It's a bit more nuanced than just angry white men. 1917 is a, like, they have a reason to be angry. They're in war. What do you expect? (laughs) But I I think the real, the real 
question we have to bear here with Best Picture is, where the fuck is Uncut Gems? That's the thing, is that Uncut Gems uh, was snubbed. In garbage in the Un- recycle uncut bin where it uncut- belongs. <laughs> in the recycle <laughs> bin. Oh. 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 Oh, it's, it's Noah Richard Jewell. No, Richard honest. Jewell. Who the fuck saw that in theaters? I, I, like, I, I mean, I watched it on the computer. Everybody else watched it on the computer. Pretty sure some people watched it on MegaShare. What the Haven't fuck is seen that? it. But it came to my theater and lasted three weeks. We got rid of it sooner than we did Cats. <laughs> cats lasted cats. longer cats. than cats. Richard Jewell. It's depressing. We just go like cats, like haha, epic, uh, so bad, good, funny, <laughs> funny, funny. Oh, oh no, like oh no, stinky. Oh my god, Oop. Dylan, no, but, Dylan, uh-oh. what, 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 what do you think the Academy will pick for this uh, Best Picture lineup? The Jojo here? Rabbit. Yeah. No, it won't Cinema. because it's like Le Woke Emphy. They're not gonna pick. They're not gonna pick Jojo Rabbit. It's between well, they picked Green Book last year. <clears throat> it's That's between true. Once Upon well, a Time in Hollywood or 1917. No, it's not Once Upon a Time. It's see, between see, those okay. two. I like that movie, okay. but still, the fucking let, Academy has no has like no respect for Tarantino. Let let the Oscars let the Oscar champ here speak. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 I was the only person who predicted Green Book would win last year, but okay. The thing is, this year is so fucking weird because all of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture are ones that everybody actually is very split on. Well, they're actual good movies for the most part. They're actual good movies. The only yeah. one I haven't Except... seen is Marriage, St- or the only one I haven't seen is uh, Little Women. <laughs> oh, you haven't you haven't seen Marriage Story? Oh, I have sucks. seen Marriage Story. <laughs> that sucks. I haven't seen <gasps> Little Women though. Oh, oh, oh! I will I will screen that with you if you still want to. By the way, I knew oh that yeah, was for coming. sure. That's like the one of the only ones I've seen. Yeah. Instead, we should just women. watch Jojo Rabbit. No, no, yeah, I'm good. Watching. I'm good. This is much Jojo Rabbit. No, so thank you. <laughs> As Dylan called it, it's Devil Spawn. It's Devil Spawn Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, Interesting that Parasite is up there. Good for Parasite. Joker's going to win, yeah. as it should. But that's just mm. the right opinion. No, no. It's, it's either going to be Irishman or... No, no. Irishman is not going to win. Fucking Academy has no respect for Scorsese either. Why do you think it took him so long to get a best director? <laughs> because they have, because he actually went full on auteur before prior to fucking The Departed, which was just kind of watered down Scorsese. Hey, I haven't seen that movie. I can't comment on it, but I'm still going to say you're wrong. Okay. Go for it. You can say that. I don't care. I'm going to go. I give two shits. I'm going to move on to lead actor now. You have Jonathan Price for The Two Popes, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. So what you're saying is that Adam Sandler is going to win? No Adam Sandler. There's no Adam Sandler here. Uncut oh, Gems was, uh, I would say, robbed. Yeah. Did you see the explanation for that? The explanation? They gave an explanation for why? Yeah, s- several Academy members um, apparently supposedly gave their input on why Adam Sandler didn't get a nomination. Is and it... that was saying that his response or his call-out being, if I if I do not get nominated for an Oscar, I will make the worst movie ever came off as cocky, 
kiddish and obscene. It was probably oh, just a, a simple joke. I mean, if it, if that's true. Yeah. I mean, of oh course, the whole goodness. I've seen the articles of him saying like, "Oh, I'll make the worst movie if I don't get an Oscar nomination." Obviously, he's yeah. just poking and prodding. I don't think he actually gives a shit whether he gets nominated or not. I mean, the man's worth like four hundred million dollars. He's and... he's a lot of money. He doesn't seem like a person who would be caught up with all of that. I'm gonna no, be really he wrong. he does not care. He's probably one of the more down to earth actors in Hollywood right now. Seems like it. And he's a great actor. It's also a side note. Oh yeah, that's that. I mean, that helps too. You know, the fact that he's a good actor, and you know, he he's a smart, actual genius. <laughs> he makes shit cinema for so much money. He well, spends like what, like tenth of the budget on the actual film, and then the rest goes to fucking hanging out. Like that's 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 a steal. That's. Basically, from what I've heard, is that a lot of people at Happy Madison kind of depend on him to make the money. So Happy Madison is like one of his, I think it is his production company, or at least he is part of that production company head. And so, you know, his Mm -hmm. name on the billboard brings in people and that, you know, the money that they make helps support, you know, the families that he, uh, uh, what is it, employs. So, I mean, a lot of people rely on Adam Sandler for... uh, Happy Madison. So, I mean, hey, good for him. He's a good guy. Doesn't mean I have to watch his movies or like them, but hey, good for him. Hey, I resent that. (laughs) That's a pretty good impression. Give me my fucking Oscar! (laughs) (laughs) I've I've seen all of the uh, best lead actor films except for Pain and Glory. I've not gotten around to that one yet. But I would remove Jonathan Price and put Adam Sandler in there. Honestly, honestly. Honestly, honestly, Jonathan Price will win Best Actor. You think so? I bet you will win it. Oscars are are always on these fucking curveballs. They they have at least one curveball out of nowhere. Whole season, Joker, 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 last minute, Jonathan Price. (laughs) And the winner goes to uh, Jonathan Price for the two popes. And everyone goes, what the fuck? Literally, I think at that, I think if they did that, like, nobody would clap. No, people would clap. They like Jonathan Price. Like, who the hell? No, they'd be like, no, they'd be like, um, you know, those close up, like, of video game or not. No, like fucking football footage where they're like they're clapping and they're looking around confused like yeah. what the fuck's going on that, that would be the oscars at that time that's hilarious uh i'm gonna move on to lead actress though lead actress you have cynthia irvo for harriet scarlett johansson for marriage story sorcia ronan for little women Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. Now, Meredith and I actually saw Judy because of the buzz around Renee Zellweger, mm-hmm. and I can tell you it is not earned. No, I agree. Why, I why agree. Is, what's with the praise going to her performance? There's, I, I don't know. You're asking the right question to the wrong person because uh, I don't know how to answer that. Because Judy Garland. Because Judy Garland. But I don't believe that she's Judy Garland, not even for a second. The whole movie is wash, rinse, repeat of Judy, one, fucking up a a performance, drinking and popping pills, her life is shitty, wash, rinse, repeat. It is that all over again, every time. The flashbacks to childhood, all of that, yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Apparently the last three minutes is cringe. 
Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last three minutes, we were watching, Meredith and I were watching this, and I was like, I bet you that this is going to happen, and then it actually fucking happened, because the, the movie Called is it. like, the movie is like, just out in the open about what it is and what it's trying to do, and it doesn't try and do anything to subvert expectations. It is like your standard generic biopic. Yeah, sounds pretty yeah. epic. It sounds awful. <laughs> no, it definitely was. It was underwhelming, unfortunately. Like, mm. and is it? It's going to be even more underwhelming the fact that she's going to win an Oscar for that. That's the thing is, I think she'll yeah, win. Yes. I think she'll win because Saoirse Ronan hasn't been getting a lot of buzz from what I hear about you know being a front runner after all these other award ceremonies like the SAG Awards or even like the Golden Globes. You know, it's not Saoirse. It's Renee. Either either yeah. way, like like. I think the big winner here, though, is Scarlett Johansson. She's in two categories this year. Kind of, kind She's, of a big deal. That's that's super nutty. Like best or best actress and best supporting actress. Like, bruh, imagine like getting a supporting actress nom for fucking JoJo Rabbit. Imagine walking home with two Oscars in the same night. For Dude, that'd acting. be perfect. That won't happen because Kathy happen. Bates is gonna win for Richard Jewell. I don't. I don't think she's she will. Not. Yeah, Richard Jewell is the go. You're no, being even like here. Kathy Bates. She's like the Meryl Streep. No, usually, usually what Kathy they do. No one... Usually what they do with lead actress is that they give it to someone a little bit older because they're like, hey, we respect you. You put your name in the game, and then supporting goes to a younger name because they're like, yo, you got some time to get that lead actress if you keep putting your name out there and keep working. You know, that's kind of yeah. how it usually goes for the most part. I mean, there are instances where that's not true, but you know, you can find any two dots and connect them if you try hard enough. Uh, but Laura Dorn, Laura Dern is going to win supporting. Yes, yeah, she is. She's going to win because she's been winning all the other ones. Even though I understand why her performance is very good in there, I would not care either mm. way if she won or mm. lost. Not the best. I, I I'd prefer Kathy Bates, honestly. But I've not Laura seen Dern. Kathy Bates in it, but I've heard good things. She, Laura Dern is fine. She's adequate in Marriage Story. She's not the best part about it. She's a bit underwhelming, in my own opinion. She's good. But she's not great. Dude, Ray Liotta, like... Ray Liotta okay. should have fucking... He's yeah. <laughs> what about... Uh, what is it? Alan Alda. I liked Alan Alda in it, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't see enough of him anymore. <sighs> he's adorable. He's like, like, pretty old now. He is old. old now. Very old. When doesn't he have, like, what is it? Parkinson's? Yeah. I believe so. <laughs> I mean, oh, I could yeah. be wrong. Aww. I could just Google it, but no, no, no. That's what my dad told me when we saw it back. It was like, uh, yeah, hmm. no. hmm. okay. That's why it's like, like he noticed his hand was like shaking, uncon- like sometimes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I, I, again, I don't think that's really something he himself could control either way. But it's that's sad. Charlize Theron will win. Oh, I know. Though. Yeah. Fuck no. Why would you want Charlize Theron? I don't. Like, I'm just saying that I don't understand why Bombshell got all this fucking praise. The only thing it should get is makeup. The woke. It's woke. It dunks on Trump. Ooh. No, the makeup's like, actually good in that out. movie. Huh? The makeup's actually good in Bombshell, though. And same thing for Vice. The thing is, okay, look. this new it, this, It's this new brand of cinema. I, I like to call it the McKay Effect. <laughs> Basically, Adam McKay was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna make stepbrothers," and then he decided, "Oh, I guess I've grown too tired of fucking joke cinema, so let me make some fucking pseudo serious bullshit about like Big Short 
And then from the big short, he went on to make Vice, which was even, or it was better than the big short, but it was still fucking embarrassing. And then uh, from the spawn of the McKay effect, we get knockoffs like Bombshell, which is the, ooh, we're going to pretend we're a documentary, despite the fact that this is our narrative feature. It's weird that they try and implement documentary-like features, but don't stay consistent with that whole uh, presentation. Shtick. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I don't understand. Oh, don't forget, why. Mark, the, the soon to be English adaptation of Parasite. Oh yes. my god. Be a masterpiece. Oh god. <laughs> I, I don't even like Parasite, but still, that, that's going to be fucking. Oh boy. Directed and by Adam McKay. I know that Mark has seen Harriet, which is the other. Like, I haven't seen Harriet, and I haven't seen Little Women of the Lead Actors categories, but, you know, I know Mark is pulling for Harriet. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, like the end of Harriet being her forgiving her slave owner. Oh, oh, oh. that's some powerful cinema. Her talking to God and so having superpowers. Are you, Mark? No, I'm not. I'm being serious. That's that is not how it ends. No, Please tell me that is not how it I'm ends. being. I'm being serious. Oh my that's god! Why, that's why I gave it a one star because oh. it's like I forgive you. Oh no. my god! She forgives god. her owner, Fuck and I'm like, right what the fuck? I don't. I'm looking at it. No, I gotta look right fucking now. No, 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 no. That no, is you... so bad. I, I shit you not. I shit you not. I mean, the Wikipedia oh. doesn't say whether or not she forgives him, but hey, <laughs> she does. I'll move on to Best Supporting Actor now. Uh, you have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins Ooh. for The Two Popes. Al Pacino Ooh. for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for Ooh. The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brad Pitt's going to win it. Brad Pitt is uh, going to win it. It's be Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. <laughs> the Dylan, Two Popes Dylan actually really sweeps. The, Dylan actually really liked The Two Popes, actually. <laughs> no, I just know. Because it's like this like, freaking underdog or whatever. <laughs> underdog. It's like the underseen MPs and the Academy's just like, how about we just troll the fuck out of like our viewers at home by like voting <laughs> on the one thing they didn't watch. They certainly did not watch in theaters. That's or they couldn't. That's absolutely awful. That's awful. I swear to God, that's how it is sometimes. Anyways, anyways, I don't think they're that like bitter. Maybe, maybe just a little bit because of the Oscars still white shit. But I don't think they'd be the so bitter as to being like, hey, yeah, you know the two most underwhelming performances of the year? Yeah, let's give it to that. Or no, the three most, the four most under like literally the people who are gonna win Best Actor are like, Jesus Christ! I'm I'm thinking about it now. Like, Joaquin Phoenix was good, but he wasn't like phenomenal. He wasn't the best one, and even then, all the nominees for Best Actress weren't even the best. (laughs) Um, Tom Hanks being nominated is just Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks, you know. Yeah, that's embarrassing. It is just Tom Hanks. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, I can see why. They both are really good in The Irishman. I like their performances. Yeah. I think Joe Pesci especially takes on a completely different persona than he would in any other gangster film that he's been in with Scorsese. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's just me. Supporting actress, though, is interesting. You've got Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Florence Pugh for Little Women, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, and Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. It's got to go to fucking um marriage story like we already said yeah yeah imagine if uh i know people are i know people on twitter are pulling for a florence Pugh because they like her because she's the new it girl and give her a few years she'll be no longer the it girl i'm i guarantee it'll happen that way i mean that's what sasha ronan was for a while 
Social Ronin is still that, and the more the more appropriate example would be Mark is uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I thought you were talking about Greta Gerwig. Oh, that's oh a, no, yeah, no, that's no! A I'm talking about like how like Jennifer Lawrence was like the relatable it girl, and then people dropped her <laughs> because she said some unsavory things to people. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no! Hold up, hold up! No, the thing was okay. Jennifer Lawrence. I, I think the reason some people stopped liking her, but not like her fucking bless you, but her oh, like whole bless you, Jesus bless Christ. You. Her whole thing was like the Golden Globes thing, where she's like, "Well, you would know if you got off your phone." And I'm pretty sure her fans were like, "Ooh, she served her. She got served." And then also, oh, she was shit. like being rude to interviewers or something like that, being insensitive Very. to one I think who had a disability or didn't speak the same language as her. It was something along those lines. Yeah, I, I think that was, like, that's what people were saucing about, and then they thought, like, took a step back, and they were like, oh, shit, that's not good. I'm going to move on to director now. Director is one I wanted to talk about. Jeff you have, you have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, and Todd Phillips for Joker. Todd Phillips. God, I want Todd Phillips so bad. Todd, if Todd Phillips God, won, that would actually Mendes. be... It's going to be Sam Mendes, though. It is. Because it's, 1917 is so show-offy that it has to be Sam Mendes. It's like, wow, this direction. It's like, whoa, Sam... Okay, like, the thing is... Just give it to Roger Deakins yeah. instead. He's the guy who had to construct the shots in a way. Pretty much. Like, no, wow. like... Sorry. No, it's just 1917 just, like, completely copying... Like, okay... Let's say in Yachty 2, Birdman, fucking The Revenant, that was a whole essay. Sam Mendes was just like, hey, can I copy that and change some things? And, turn- and just yeah, made it his you. own thing. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much, that's what Sam Mendes did. I for, want Todd Phillips because I love to see film Twitter just seethe and just get angry. Because God, when Green Book won, that was a fucking fun night. Oh man, that was what a good day that was. Call it what it is. Terrorism! Oh my fucking lord! Oh, <laughs> oh my God. fucking lord! Oh my fucking lord! Oh no, that was the glorious, and everybody was like, "Okay, imagine the rise of the Valkyries just starts playing <laughs> as that announcement is being made." I know people want Bong Joon Ho to win because Parasite, but like he's not gonna win. He's I mean, win. when you compare Parasite to Joker, I mean, you can really see what the better film is, and obviously it's Joker because I have Joker honestly. higher up on my list, so that means my word is law. <laughs> honestly, honestly, no, but like the thing is, Bong Joon Ho wasn't show offy enough. I mean, he had some like, good if, shots in there, but that's more DP he, stuff than him, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, but like fucking sam mendes like that's the whole spectacle and they're like oh they they worship spectacle but don't appreciate intricacies so it would never go to bong joon probably Mark not my words. No. it'll go to tarantino <laughs> <laughs> it'll go to, it'll go to tarantino i'm sure it will tarantino Imagine. or sam mendes one of those two nah, sam mendes go to ang lee for gemini man oh, he'll show right, up <laughs> I'm going to move on to Best Animated Feature. You have How to Train Your Dragon 3, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Give it to Toy Story 4 because it already won. Disney already said, that's our award. We won. Yeah, pretty much. But you know what? I, I actually think that's they did a more adequate thing or like not even just more respectable approach where it's just 
they actually nominated other films other than Disney, which could have been the easy one, where it's like, oh, Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, Lion fucking King. Well, Lion King, and then put, like, The Missing Link, and then How to Train Your Dragon as well next to it. Yeah. Like, even even then, I think the Golden Globes kind of did it as a joke, just to be like, ha, fuck you, no Missing Link. <laughs> I'm nominated... Gonna- Three I, Disney films. I've only seen How to Train Your Dragon 3, Klaus, and Toy Story 4. I cannot comment about I Lost My Body or Missing Link. But I I like Klaus a lot, but Toy Story 4 is still my favorite of those. That was good. That I liked was the Klaus only the one I've most. seen of all those, though. Bro. But I, I, I couldn't see Klaus winning. Klaus is not going to win. It isn't. I exactly. mean, it's just too much for them. Yeah. I think I'd be really interested in seeing like what would happen if missing like one. That would be God be dude. interesting. <laughs> Everyone would be like, What the fuck is missing link? Like they did again. Even even they were confused. They were like, um okay. We're as shocked as you are. We're as shocked as you. I'm gonna move on to adapted screenplay. You have The Irishman by Stephen Zalian. Zal Zalian, I don't know. Jojo Rabbit by Taika Watiti, Joker by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, Little Women by Greta Gerwig, and The Two Posts by Anthony McCartan. Joker. Just give it to Joker. Irishman. Joker, baby. It's going to be the Irishman. It's It's going to be the Irishman. It's got to be Joker. It's going to be the two popes. (laughs) I hate you. I hate everything. It's going to be the two popes. You and your fucking two popes. You and your fucking two popes, bitch. (laughs) You and your two popes hype train. (laughs) I, I just know it. I know it. Elderly cinema. Okay. Oh, <laughs> are 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 you also feeling the burn, you cuck? Uh, it's like, I'm feeling the gem, man. I'm feeling the gem. <laughs> I'm feeling the gem. <laughs> oh my god. Now, nah, but probably well, I don't know. Like, see, see, Dylan is betting wild right here. He's like fucking. <laughs> he's literally Adam Sandler right now. He's like, I want, I want, best picture, best actor, best supporting actor on the two popes. Two right. is not like, a watch picture, though. That's the that's the stupidest fucking but I've ever heard. I, I, like, disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb right now. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. We're like no, Judge but... a Rabbit, Irishman, Joker. He's two popes. <laughs> I I just I just I just know. I don't know. I just know. <laughs> Do you know something? What? I don't know. I just know. Okay. I don't know. I just know. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, if honestly, maybe Little Women, I think, will get it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it's going to go to Irishman. Well, it's either Jojo Rabbit or Little Women. That's my bet. You don't um, think it would go to Irishman? I think Joker. No. Wait, Actually, what category is this again? I'm blank. Adapted. Because, like, oh, like, no okay. one probably, none of the Academy probably watched Irishman too fucking long (laughs) okay (laughs) okay the thing is i'm either i'm either juggling it it's either gonna be jojo rabbit or the irishman and i think it would be jojo i think no i don't think it would be joker but i think they would either give it to jojo rabbit because of the fucking dunk on trump bullshit it's like fuck off hitler fuck off hitler (laughs) fucking kicks him in the balls it looks so shitty when he does it too (laughs) no i I, have you seen the the interview have you seen the interview with the little boy where he's just like, oh, what was your favorite part about working with or working on the film? And he just deadpan, just stares at the camera. He says, my favorite part was kicking Hitler in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like on the 
to the Golden Globes or something. That's it was hilarious. So good. It's fucking funny. I'm, I was like, that's funnier than the entire movie. I'm gonna move on to original screenplay now. Um, you have Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, 1917 by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Cairns. Uh, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson and Parasite by Bong Joon-ho and Jin Woon Han. Quinn Tarantino's gonna win. <sighs> My boy Ryan Tarantino's Johnson's got it. Nope, Tarantino's always... gonna win. Of course Tarantino's gonna win. You know, it's always a guaranteed for him to win best screenplay. No, gar- I mean... It's a Garantino with Tarantino. Sorry. He's only won... Tw- oh, God. He's oh, only that's... won, like, 12 Oscars. <laughs> I know. He's no. He's only won twice for best original screenplay. Yeah, and they were his best it? films, <laughs> which I haven't <laughs> seen. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction, so or or Django. <gasps> gasp! I've seen Django. Audible gasp. <laughs> Cinematography. You have uh, The Irishman by Rodrigo Pierto, Joker by Lawrence Shear, The Lighthouse by Jaron Blankske. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, 1917, Roger Deakins, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Robert Richardson. Roger Deakins is going to win because of the praise and press around the movie. Yeah, 1917. Which sucks. It's, it's like, it's like his worst shot film. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's so yeah, good. Yeah, Roger Deakins, he, he really uh, phoned it in on that one. I, yeah, know, it's that he's gonna win an Oscar for it. He's gonna win it. 1917 was very good. Well, I, I mean, agree to disagree, but the, the, the fucking cinematography sucks. Anyways, so the <laughs> <laughs> the next we already know what's okay. so the next two sound editing and sound mixing we have 1917 Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson 1917 Oliver Tarney and Rachel Tate 1917 Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson 1917 <laughs> Oliver Tarney and Rachel Tate. Huh, I'm noticing a pattern here, but I can't really put my finger on it. I I, I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. I, I I think I think Ford versus Ferrari is gonna win. Hmm. Uh, no, no, it's, uh, it's got to be 1917. Nah, I think Obviously. it's gonna be the uh, two posts. Joker. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I didn't notice that. Category, Did... it's not even in. Hold up, hold up, hold up. No, no, no. See, it, the two it, posts... it will be like it's like what Greg Turgenton said. It'll just be like a surprise, uh, like a surprise ballot. It's a surprise six slot for fucking sound mixing and editing. Exactly. Best documentary feature: You have American Factory by Julia. Right, hard, and Stephen Bognar. The cave the by uh, the cave by Ferris Fayed. The Edge of Democracy by Petra Costa. For Sama, I'm not even gonna try and pronounce that name. <laughs> and then Honeyland again, a name I'm not going to pronounce. If you want to know these people, go ahead and Google it. It's not hard. The whole short list is out there on plenty of sites. I've seen American Factory. That's the only one I've seen of the documentary features. I think it's either going to be The Edge of Democracy or Forsama. It's probably going to be for Forsama, just because that's the one I've heard the most of. Uh, no, I haven't heard anything about Forsama. It's just I looked at the poster and I was like, oh, it's one of those movies. <laughs> it's one of those good movies, yeah. It's it's one, No, it's not one of those good movies. It's one of those American movies. Factory was quite depressing, my friend. It was quite depressing. I want to see Honeyland. That sounds interesting. I was going to watch Honeyland after American Factory, but I got too busy, so I couldn't watch it. But I plan on seeing that soon. It looked really good. 
let's see. Best international film. You have Corpus Christi by John Comasa. Honeyland, again, I'm not going to pronounce the name. Les Miserables, again, not going to pronounce the name. Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar and Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. Parasite. It's Parasite. I mean, come on. If it doesn't win, I mean, they'll give it to uh, best, like, international, because they don't say foreign anymore. Best international, but it won't win best picture. Parasite, it's not going to win best picture, but it's going to win foreign film. It's going to be the Roma of 2019. Good movie. Or 2020, or whatever the fuck this year is. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably, like, a couple hours behind. I don't know. Dylan, any opinion? The two popes? Um, no, I think uh, best foreign film <laughs> probably uh, go to... Uh, let me see. There's uh, one film. <clears throat> I can't forget, I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah, it was fucking Liber- Liberté by Albert Serra. Uh, masterpiece of cinema. Yeah, I've heard about Liberté, but I haven't actually been able to see it because it's not anywhere here. It's just like a bunch of like fucking what's it? <laughs> like fucking. Oh, how to say? You think I know what a Liberté or Sada is? Uh, Sarah, Sarah. It's like just a bunch of like rich, like whatever guys in the fucking woods from like the seventeen, like what is it, the seventeen hundreds, and they just like basically have sex the whole movie, the bourgeoisie <laughs> for like fucking two hours. <laughs> if you think I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> All right, I'm, uh, that's in my that's watch my, list. That's uh, that's that's my pick for the best uh, international film. <laughs> Yeah, uh, quite that. epic. Film editing is Ford v Ferrari by Michael McCusker and Andrew Bucklin. The Irishman by Thelma Shoemaker. Uh, Jojo Rabbit by Tom Eagle. Eagles. Jo- uh, Joker by Jeff Groth. And Parasite by Jinmo Yang. Thelma. Uh, so basically, what you're saying? Give it to Thelma. It's... Give it to Thelma. I mean, she makes that film film like fly by. It's not going to be... Okay. It has if to it, be Thelma. Who, who else? Who else? It, like, who, who gives a shit about all these other editors? They don't know. Isn't it 1917 the other one up for it? No. Oh, 1917's not up for... Uh, no. Fucking editing? Nope. It's just 40 Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Parasite, and Irishman. Oh, I guess they even realized that the fucking editing in 1917 was shit. Um... I think, yeah, it's either going to be Irishman or Ford vs. Ferrari, because Ford vs. Ferrari was very flashy with its editing, and then Irishman is just Irishman. <laughs> Irishman is God just Irishman. Ah, oh, she's such a good editor. Um, sound mixing, Ford v. Ferrari, Don Silverster, um, Joker, Alan, Robert Murray, 1917, Oliver Ternay, Rachel Tate, once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Wiley Statement, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Matthew Wood, and David Accord. Um, sound editing, 1917. I'd say that's a safe bet. 1917 sound editing, yep. Because it's a war film. The loudest film always wins. Loudest film? <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're Bohemian Rhapsody, that is. <laughs> it's loud oh, for its God. own reasons. Uh, sound mixing, Ad Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oddly enough, Variety doesn't have the people attached to this one, so Variety, you should probably fix that. Uh, sound mixing will again go to 1917. I'm pretty sure it'll go to 1917. If I'm willing to make bets on that, and I am. 
1917. Production design, The Irishman by Bob Shaw and Regina Graves. Jojo Rabbit by Rob Vincent and Nora Sop- Sopkova. Sopkova. Uh, 1917, Dennis Gassner and Lee Sandal- Sandals. I... I fucked that name up. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Barbara Ling and Nancy Hay. Parasite, I'm not even going to try <laughs> with all these it's other... Just... I'm not even going to try, man. Uh, production design is another uh, another one that I'm going to go to 1917 with. No. It's going to be, be Once, upon, be a once upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is a fair the... bet, too. Yeah, definitely not the Irishman. Definitely not Parasite. Definitely not. That's too minimalist. Original score, you've got Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, oh. with an apparent... So saying... No no uncut gems, but okay. So you're saying that Joker is going to win best original score, right? It should. It is. It's the best one? A fucking Alexander Desplat, they get an orgy over him. Randy Newman in A Marriage Story was fucking obnoxious. And, Thomas Newman? Who the fuck is that? And uh, John Williams, they gave it to because of legacy. Because legacy. A legacy win. Fuck that. No, it like, sucks. Original song, I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, Toy Story 4, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, Rocket Man, I'm Standing With You, Breakthrough, Into the Unknown, Frozen 2, and Stand Up, Harriet. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be uh, Rocket Man. I hope to God it like is Harriet. Rocket Man. <laughs> It's going to be Harriet. Imagine ending your film, I forgive you. I'm going to stand up, take my people with me. I hate it. <laughs> feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. All right, but we I'm got three. I'm going to rush through these three last ones. You have Makeup and Hair, Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil, and 1917. So bombshell. Uh, yeah, okay. probably. Better, better go to Joker. If it if it goes to Joker, that would be great. I'd love that for Joker. Uh, Joker costume design: ball. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. Probably Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, yeah. Yeah, probably. And visual effects: Avengers: Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, The Lion King, and Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Irishman. <laughs> I want. I would like. It's Irishman. probably gonna be Avengers Endgame. If no, I I think I think the Oscars would hold on to their bias against comic book films and not award Avengers Endgame, which is considered by many the pinnacle of the comic book like entire franchise. They'd give it to the Irishman. They would give it I to the so. Lion King too. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised. They gave it to the <laughs> the Jungle Book for best visual effects when it was up against like uh, Star Favre Wars. Fuck. John Favreau's. Uh, those yeah. are those are the Oscar nominations. Uh, take them or leave them. I choose to leave most of them. Where's where the visual leading. effects for uh, the two popes? <laughs> yeah, I mean they had to get Anthony Hopkins there somehow. Okay, that that should not have made me laugh as much as that did. <laughs> um, okay, but. <laughs> The only thing that came good from the Oscars this year is uh, Joker with 11 nominations. Yeah, Joker getting 11 Oscar nominations was... Uh, Becoming the first comic book film nominated for Best Picture. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good... I'm, I'm happy for it. I 
I am neutral because I haven't seen a lot of it, so I'm eh, I'm here for the reactions. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm I got the live tweets ready and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm thoroughly entertained by everything, and eh, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, Oscar's epic. <laughs> I don't know. Epic. I feel like it's fun, but like it, Oscars itself takes itself too seriously. So that's why I'm here for like the live tweeting and. The live tweeting, the reactions, and the outrage yes, that is the to memory. Come. It's gonna be good. <sighs> okay, well, that was the Oscars. Did we watch something? I think we did. We watched a little movie called Tokyo Sonata, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, picked by our good friend Dylan. Dylan, do you yes. want to introduce the movie at all? Um, I don't really know how, <laughs> actually. You could tell us just, like, like, why you picked it. Well, I think I was saying it in the previous episode, just, like, if it, you know, with it before, like, the new Holy New Year started. And I just thought, well, you know, since it's a new decade, it's a big change. I mean, just going into, like, you know, a new year is a big thing. But just also, like, well, point being, I just wanted to pick a film that was appropriate, just about a film about endings and beginnings, which, I mean, is probably <laughs> very general of a lot of films. But I think it definitely applies to a film like Tokyo Sonata, or at least when you're watching and discussing it. It's very well put. I agree with that whole statement, because uh, the movie definitely feels like that. I mean, uh, Tokyo Sonata was probably one of the most uh, touching films I had seen that in that point. You know, it was very uh, moving, I would say, if I could be, uh, you know... What's very the, effective if i could be uh what is it i'm forgetting the term now but i can't remember uh in love if i could be so in love with the movie it would probably be tokyo sonata at that point in december for sure i thought it was a very effective movie dylan i mean i love i love like what you're saying at the beginning of the movie how it's like this small rainstorm you know it's not even huge i shouldn't even use the word storm it's more just like casual rain but that rain sets such an important precedent for the rest of the entire movie oh yeah i was saying i think it was i think after the opening you hear like some people saying oh there's a storm coming in right now or there's a storm or there's a storm coming mm -hmm. or whatnot yeah but yeah it's like i think that's also the thing it's like gentle like that even though it's so terrifying and like even though not terrifying but just like so existentially frightening it's uh there's a like there's another movie that i can think of that had that sort of like quietness to it and i think it's like you know like i mean i haven't seen the movie of course but i've seen people talk about it and that's like the mirror with uh the end of the movie being like just that that shot i won't spoil the shot but if you've seen the mirror you know what i'm talking about where it just leaves you with such a an empty feeling whether it be a good empty feeling or a bad empty viewing i feel is left to the viewer's interpretation but you know it, it, i got that sort of kind of vibe from the opening shot of tokyo sonata but the movie is basically about um the the patriarch of the family losing his job at a good company and he's like trying to cover that up the son is going to america to uh serve in the army and the son is a piano prodigy even though the family doesn't know that he is and he's going to a uh, piano teacher to uh strengthen his skills and the mother is uh, accosted by a guy who wants to molest her rape her something like that and they go um 
<laughs> like to the beach and everything. I mean, there's a lot of different stories taking place all at the same time here. And I, I mean, I, I love that the movie was able to balance that so well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. It's sort of like, <clears throat> uh, and it's also weird in a way when I was, when I first saw, it because it's like, I think most people that also kind of do see it are more accustomed with, or with, the knowledge that Kiyoshi Kurosawa is more of a horror director. That's what I was going to say is like, he's known for his horror movies. So I think like, I don't know if the, uh, people call it light horror or drama horror or horror drama. I just call it horror, but I think it's, I mean, I don't know if he's made any other dramas besides this before or after this movie, but I think he does understand the human connection and the human uh, condition very well. Oh yeah, a lot of his films deal with all sort of all sorts of problems that are central to the human condition. I mean, I think a lot of horror does in general, you know, mm-hmm. it, like mm-hmm. whether it's like in one way or another. But especially uh, Kiyoshi's films, sort of like about. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> like just examples like you know Pulse being about, or post. Oh, I guess it probably Pulse and Cure his most his two most prominent works of horror both kind of dealing about or the the four what did i say did i say pulse first i think he said pulse first yes yeah like the like the former being about the just the sort of existential terror like thrust upon alien by alienating forces like forms of technology and the communication mm-hmm. and the latter sort of kind of dealing the same well not in the same way but it's more or less dealing with the general idea of never really knowing or never really being able to know someone physically or emotionally or just another human like really physically or emotionally that's a horrifying is... thought which i think is uh, totally up his alley for sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking cure is a, a terror film if you want to see something that will really get under your skin well i'd like, like to be able to sleep at night horror. yeah <laughs> But in a way that's so it's sort of like probably like a departure when people do watch tokyo sonata but in my way it's I wouldn't say it's necessarily sort of a departure, but just sort of like a reconfiguring of genre. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I still think a lot of his trademarks as a horror director are present in Tokyo Sonata, his use of his use of space and sort of like to mind tension. So, yeah. so I always kind of like find it similar to John Carpenter, the way he uses like, you know, negative space or what, and whatnot. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially and, in something like The Thing or In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. But also just like, you know, just the way that it's like and how it, that all the every frame is always populated with the potential for, you know, horror around every corner. But instead of like monsters in Tokyo Sonata, it's more just like the the horrors that come with perhaps just, you know, the winds of change. They could say something like that. Real life. Or just, you know, the terror of not really. The well, yeah, but there's a lot of change. Yeah. And just, you know, the perhaps the terrifying you know realities of probably not being able to adapt to it like the like the, what is it the uh, father's uh friend in the film who else well, spoilers yeah but you know what i'm talking about right oh this is a spoiler filled fil- uh discussion of tokyo sonata yeah. i'm okay with spoiling yeah. so yeah well yeah like you know just the whole thing when just one day he's there and the next oh actually he killed himself and his wife yeah. by like uh you know yeah, like you know, CO two poisoning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so, um, Jesus, fuck. Fucking midsummer. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene in midsummer, man. Duh. That sticks with you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's and yeah, it's a really dark film, which I don't, which is of course not really uh, a, like a weird thing or out of place for Kyoshi's. I think a lot of people can, like can agree upon that his works are probably the most nihil, like most pessimistic out there. But you know, but in a way, it's sort of, and in a way, you can probably see Tokyo is not a sort of departure for people. A lot of who are really accustomed to his work. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually, I think, one of the only films where nothing really does end in sort of despair. Yeah, no, I found the film, the ending especially, kind of um, not exactly, like, uplifting, but not necessarily, like, life is fucking terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I found yeah. the film, like, they adjusted to the change in their life, and I think that that's important, and I think that's an important message for the viewer to take away, is that... Even though life changes and you get moved from something that was comfortable for you, it's important to understand that you are able to be flexible and that you can modify yourself to accommodate whatever situation you are now in. And I think the father does that because you see him cleaning the, uh, I believe it's like a floor by an escalator and he's cleaning that yeah, he's, with like he's enjoyment. Still, he's become content with his uh, job at the as a janitor. Yeah, which is so interesting because he's like a businessman and he's like, I mean, like the the traditional sense or understanding of the Japanese as far as I'm concerned or know about is like, usually they want to be salarymen. They want to be businessmen and to be lesser than that might not be good for reputation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and the film deals with that too, you know, just that sort of his like, you know, pride and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, there's that whole scene where he meets with an old friend and they're just waiting in line at a food, uh, what is it, like a food pantry line? Yeah, a free, like just for free food. I mean, I think the movie is very well made and I think it's got a lot of heart to it, especially the scenes with the kid learning how to play the uh, the piano. Yeah. There's also, yeah, going back onto the thing, yeah, it's a it's a film that doesn't really recede into that. I mean, actually, no, it, it kind of does, but at the end of the day, it's really nice to see it not do that, and which makes sense, but it's, like, what is it? Because when I constantly look back, I'm like, Jesus, it's fucking dark. It's a dark like, movie, I, but has somewhat of a bright, uplifting message to it. It's, oh, yeah, but I was it, saying, like, the one thing that kind of always stuck in my mind was the the what is it the uh mom the mom's subplot or plot line yeah no her like she literally like goes out she like literally you know is brought out to the ends of you know i like to like just sort of like saying it like you know to the ends of the earth and she has literally nowhere else to go she can't run away from her problems you know Mm -hmm. i mean it's because she's not really content with her life as a you know mother or a wife yeah right now her story is probably the most depressing yeah, and like the whole thing when I remember when I look back on it, it's like when she sees like that shooting star out across the ocean, or not the shooting star, but the star, and like when she like tries to wake up the burglar, and when it's gone, I'm just like Jesus, just like this one ray of hope for her, or just like you know that sort of thing, like a possible future out there, but it's gone immediately. I'm like, ugh, it just destroys me. But yeah, but anyway. It's a good destruction. It's a healthy destruction. I guess you could even say it's change. Well, yeah. But I was saying with the whole winds, with the whole storm at the beginning. Like I said it before when we after we watched it was like nothing. If there's anything that one can really take away from the film is that you know there's nothing can really stop. You know the winds of change can stop the winds of change. You can only let it in and then you know try try your best to adapt to it. 
Oh yeah. No, I mean, I think I think because we keep hitting on that point, but like I just I I find that important. I find that I mean therapeutic in a way, just because I think a lot of us are in transitional points in our lives where we're finding out what we want to do what our goals are, and who we are as individuals. And I think that watching something like that was therapeutic for me. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. I share that sentiment. What about you, Meredith? What do you have to say about the movie? We've been, t- like, I don't want to hold the whole conversation. <laughs> no, you're good. Sorry, I've been, like, zoning out there. Oh, I was kind of listening, but I was kind of zoning, and I apologize. Um, I don't know, and I felt like when I watched it, it feels like it's, A, it's, feel like it, it was a long time ago i don't think it was as long as i don't think it like it was as long ago as i feel like it was but um and i feel like i was really tired when i was watching it so i'm i'm like grasping and trying to f- figure out like what i remember which is terrible and i apologize um but i i agree with your sentiments i think i gave it i think i gave it like a 3.5 where it was like i don't think i, I didn't like it as much as you all did but like at the same time I thought it was solid and I really appreciated it for what it was, the, the message and the um, the way that it was made, I guess, in, in, in essence. Um, also, in a note on the ending, I loved that they ended it with, uh, did he play Claire de Lune? I think that's what he yeah. played on the piano. Oh, I didn't even I know it was Claire de Lune. I love that song. Lune. What the so song? What the fuck? I know, I was like, oh, I love this song so much. It made me happy. So, um... I thought that was a very beautiful scene to end on, to be honest. I thought that was a... It was. It, the family, it was very fitting. The family, despite, you know, like... the only, I think the only person who had, like, a sincere, positive outcome from the father losing his job was the son because he found something new in his life, that piano, and that he's a legitimate prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably one probably one of the more ambiguous characters in their ending was the uh, the other son who goes to America and says that like maybe America isn't right in its wars. And it's mm. left <laughs> and it's just left like that, ambiguous and he's just kind of left at a moral dilemma. He's like, "Well, everything I thought was right might not be right, and I don't know what that means for me, but uh, that's okay." Yeah. Fuck. And, and that's so good. Really, like, really good. Good, good, good. Very good movie. Very good movie. Very good. I don't, I don't know if there's anything else I would touch upon because honestly, I feel like I've said everything I've wanted to say. I mean, I don't know. Do do people go to? I mean, because uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa knows. I mean, how to structure a movie. He knows how to frame a shot. He knows how to give tone and passion to a scene. He knows how to frame a scene. All of that good stuff. Essential things in the toolkit. But I wonder, do people... Because people, you, you know, his his name is associated with uh, horror or J-horror, whatever you want to call it. And, like, to me, when I think of J-horror, or at least in the popular term, most people think of Ringu, The Grudge, and maybe one missed call, and maybe something else in there. But, you know, if you go deeper into J-horror, you know, talk to people who are more into the Japanese horror, uh, like Kiyoshi Kurosawa is held as a god, I just wonder if they go and understand that he is also a person who is capable of doing uh, direction with dramaticism, or if they just kind of go for the horror aspect of it. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, actually, I don't know, really. I don't really. I think 
he's, he hasn't really done much. Well, I mean, I think his films are are like two things. They like his films are like his mix. He usually mixes his horror with those elements of drama, so it's kind of hard to really differentiate sometimes. But just like straight up drama, he hasn't really done much of really. Mm-hmm. Really, the only ones like where it's like just straight up drama without horror elements, I'd say is <clears throat> like Tokyo Sonata and his most recent film. Um, what was his like most uh, to the film? ends of the earth? That's the that's the one. Isn't that the one with aliens or something? I saw that that was like no, that's uh that's before we vanish. That's right. That's the one where it's like his sort of reconfiguration of a uh, Starman and invasion of the body snatchers. But I guess that one's kind of a drama. It's just more like it's a lot lighter on horror. It's mm-hmm. sort of just like a sci-fi, like I want to say comedy. It's more like a sci-fi romance film in a way. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like again, fucking John Carpenter's Starman is like a really big influence for it. But anyway, um, I don't know. I think just in general, I think people are just like fans of his films either way. You know, just they just I think a lot of people just value his horror stuff just as much as they value the dramas, or they value or you know, vice versa. Yeah, it's like uh, you you mentioned Starman. It's like the same way that I think people go to John Carpenter for horror or schlock or not even schlock in a negative sense, but more like campy adventure, fun, you know, that kind of stuff or just straight up horror. But I mean, like stuff like Starman exists, you know, like he's capable of doing humanistic drama, even if it deals with something that is a little more like sci-fi or foreign. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Kyoshi more than Carpenter, I mm-hmm. think, has that sort of, you know, uh, positive reception. I'm not dunking on Carpenter. I love the man. Yeah, no, I I'm get you. Love but I think just the general consensus is like, oh, goes to Mars, uh, escape from L.A. Blech. Oh, I know, right? They they kind of just <laughs> shit on him. And it's unfortunate. I mean, he is getting his reappraisal that he deserves, but, you know. Yeah. There, There is one movie I could think of that is sort of similar to this is on the beach at night alone which is kind of huge in the metro discord server for a little bit very i mean i feel i get the i get the same kind of vibes just from like an aesthetic aspect of it just how it looks and how it's paced you know it feels with a very very uh mundane drama you know there's no high octane action or big stakes but the stakes are big to the characters that's why it matters to us Mm -hmm. and that's why we care but that that's another movie I could compare it to. Double 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 feature. You could put on the beach at night alone and Tokyo Sonata. Why not? Still walking. Still walking. I haven't seen that one actually. I I, I feel like in a way like I've heard many people compare um what is this Tokyo Sonata with Still Walking and both its kind of general idea of um inspiration and execution and I, I definitely can see that um, connection. I mean, it but looks I very think good. It is very good. Um, they both kind of share that similar kind of DNA structure of, um, again, focusing primarily on mundanity over extravagance. And I, again, that's just something that I, I really, really enjoy, especially when it's done incredibly well and not fucking boring. <laughs> I think I just love Asian humanist dramas more than I do American humanist dramas because American humanist dramas just seem so... Like, this isn't... Uh, a rag on all American-made or, you know, Western human dramas or even kitchen seek dramas in, uh, you know, the UK. 
But what I'm saying is that I feel like there's a completely different approach when it comes to Asian humanist dramas or even like what we call, uh, what is it? What's that term uh, people use for stuff like... Uh, Slice of Life. Noah Baumbach or Mumblecore. Mumblecore. Oh, that's Mumblecore. what it is. Mumblecore. Yeah. Mumblecore. You know, like I don't really consider a lot of these Asian films mumble Mumblecore because Mumblecore has a tinge of humor or satire or wit to it. Whereas I feel like this movie in particular is more like these are kind of, this is just kind of how it is. I need to watch more movies like that too. I'm so behind on a lot of that. Just, That's what the farewell reminded me of, really. I haven't seen. Have I seen? Oh yeah, the farewell. I love the farewell. I don't know why I couldn't think of what the farewell was for a second yeah, there. It, it felt like a really. Um, it felt like a good um, bridge that filled in the gap between the difference between American kind of mumblecore and again more foreign Asian based uh, human humanistic tendencies the the farewell gets an official endorsement from metrocast go see it it's very good oh, i enjoyed it no, aquafina no. aquafina so goddamn good in it and she was not nominated for an oscar it's a fucking oh. robbery man hey guess what guess what i think aquafina should get the oscar more than anybody else honestly i mean She'll she did win it. her golden globe so hey good for she her did. good good for yes. her indeed she was uh, pretty yeah. amazing in uh, Jumanji to the next level. The next oh, level. Jumanji too. Back to good movies. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. She was great in Between Two Ferns. The movie. I, I have not seen Jumanji two, oh. the Two Ferns movie. I haven't seen those. And Angry Birds two movie. Oh, I did see and... the Angry Birds two movie. Is it worth it? What's Angry Birds oh, two is God. not bad. I don't think it's bad. Wow. Okay, I'm like, have to go watch it. And this is where. I, I can hear Dylan sniffling, and he becomes very uninterested in whatever's going to happen. <laughs> Wait, what? Also... Uh, oh, go just... ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, it's a good movie. Everybody should go watch it. Tokyo Sonata, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, 2008. Go watch it. Go find it. Go buy it. Go do anything you can to view it. It's important. I think you should watch it. It's got my wholesale recommendation. I don't know about everyone else here. I feel like Dylan and Mark and Meredith all say yes. Do yes, it. We, we give thumbs Go up. Go do it. Go do it. Canonical classic. Also, <laughs> I'm really tickled that you mentioned kitchen sink dramas because I got really interested in that like several years ago after I watched the L-shape room. And anyway, I don't know. I'm just, I have a weird nerdy thing for kitchen sink drama stuff anyway i'm looking for this l-shaped room now i gotta see what this is leslie Caron and a non-musical yeah huh. so i caught it l-shaped room hold on a second so i caught it um i can't remember oh, let me think about this it was like probably six or seven years ago and it was i was up really late one night it was like three or four in the morning and used to get this channel called Cinemoi, so it just ran a lot of, like, French films and stuff. And um, that came on, and I couldn't go to sleep. I was, like, really invested in it for some reason. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if... I can't remember if it was that good of a movie, but I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Hmm. I might have to go watch that again, actually, really soon. Well, I put that on my ever-growing watch list of that I'll never finish in my life. <laughs> yes. Who knows? Okay, good. Who knows? The dream is to be a professional critic. I don't know if I'll get there any day, but hey, every day is a, Shit. every day every is day a, try. every day is a, 
a step in the right direction. We'll Just go run to step. run away to Hollywood together. Mark, it is your turn. What movie are you picking? By the way, Belly. 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 I, I fucking Belly. knew it. I knew Belly. it. Belly. Belly. <laughs> Belly. Good okay. cinema. Good cinema. By Hype Williams. He never went on to make another movie after this. If I'm, if I'm to be, I mean, oh, he did the Beyonce thing, the self-titled short film or film. Yeah. yeah. Homecoming or no Beyonce? Just a self-titled one. Yeah. I, oh, see, he was. You know, he yeah. wrote for. He was one of like the head writer for Runaway. Yeah. See, the thing is. I would actually recommend. I was gonna recommend y'all a touch of sin, but then I was like, "Oh, Dylan actually likes that movie. Damn it, sucky." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, oh, Belly, masterpiece." Mwah. Okay, cool. It probably right. is. Or but uh, that Gummo reference, uh, uh, zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, Gummo reference. Um, if y'all want. Like, y'all could either choose between Belly or Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. It's your pick, man. You pick for us. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Because I'll, I'll save Belly for another day. All right. Uh, seeking a Friend for the End of the World, starring uh, Steve Carell and Kira Knightley, the woman who looks like Natalie Portman. Okay, she's great. If you squint your eyes. If you squint your eyes. She okay. looks like Natalie Portman. Steve Carell, my She man. looks more like Rachel Weisz. It's a really good movie. You know what, good, Dylan? Good, you're good, right. Good. She does actually look like Rachel Weisz. How did I never make that connection? Oh, my God. <laughs> Rachel Weisz looking ass. For the end of the world. Steve, I love Steve good, so good much. Yeah, I mean, you recently it. watched this, didn't you? Yeah, great, great. I, I did recently watch it. We watched it in our Discord chat. It was, it was a very, very difficult film. To, uh, I don't know. To me, to me, I find the ending very emotionally satisfying. Will it be like Abel Ferrara's 444 Last Day on Earth? Because that movie hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, the the thing with Seeking a Friend for the End of the World that uh, I okay, just a little hint of one of the reasons why I do really really film is because I feel like it really encapsulates the varying like side effects of people trying to cope with the overall like sense of approaching doom. Mm-hmm. Like, you get the evangelicals, you get the people who are just pretending, oh, everything's fine. You get the people who are like, fuck, we're doomed, anarchy, fuck it. It, it gets a, vari- like a variety of just different things, and I feel it all works very well. I mean, the director did make Hustlers, so... Fuck no. She did. <laughs> I know she did. Uh, so, did, did you see the... <laughs> Pure Kino is what you're talking uh, about. Hustlers is pretty epic. <laughs> no, did, did, you, did you see my shit? <laughs> Did you see? Did you see the shit fucking somebody posted on my um, review for? Okay, <laughs> wait, Laureen Scor- Scarfia made this. Hold on, I, Ugh, dude, I don't like it when people do that, man. They're so dismissive until they find the person that they actually liked made the movie. It's like, do your research first, please. Bruh, <laughs> I'm sure that clip will be taken out of context yeah. at some point in time where I fuck up and I don't do my research. So hey. Shout out to future If I save that soundbite. Yeah, it's everyone... going to be either that or people like trying to convince that Metrocast is like an alt-right type thing. I mean, oh no, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Vote, vote red, gonna... everybody. Vote, oh no, oh no. Oh, uh, 
Okay, just um, side note, MetroCast does not condone or completely associate themselves with Leon Dion's own personal opinion. Uh, actually, yeah, so uh, this is a political podcast now, everybody. Okay. Welcome to the welcome to the woke hour. <laughs> the woke hour? The third um, eye, I'll okay. call it the third eye, why not? The third eye, the third eye starring Me, crimes. Your host. Leon. The man who's ready yeah. to take down liberal agendas. Oh, the man! This is how this is how dark web started. Dark web, yes. Oh my god! The the fucking dark dark web web meme. I loved. I wholeheartedly, unironically liked both of those movies. Can we talk about dark web? Because honestly, I don't understand the fascination with it. I saw it in theaters, (laughs) and I watched it with Metro, and I don't get it. I really don't. I loved it. It was a thrilling watch. It was a thrilling. It was a thrill. I really, I don't know. I just because it doesn't get the internet right at all. It's like the most fantasy. <laughs> it's the most fantasy version of the internet possible, where it's like all of these people are in fucking red rooms and all oh, we're spying on you at every second. It's like four chan's real and evil. Four chan. I'm like red four chan. Like Kyron. What you mean? It's. I just like. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand how people hail it like a modern masterpiece. I'm like, no. So good. I was wondering, does does Unfriended have Aquafina? Yes. No. <laughs> no, it does not. Yes. You're yes, fucking with me. It does. No. No. He had to think about it. He had to look. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking now because you got me interested. Unfriended. <laughs> No, it does not have Aquafina. You fucking lied to me again. <laughs> He's uh, crying right now. Interestingly enough, it has the guy, uh, the main character is also in another movie about the internet. Searching with John Chow. That's interesting that he has two of those movies under his belt. Good cinema. <sighs> mm, no. Good, good, good cinema. Both of them were pretty good. I, I like Unfriended Dark Web a lot. Aside from the aside from the gimmicky like ooh the dark web people and then like they get glitched over to hide their identity that's fucking stupid. But I will admit that really the, the the sound in that movie is good. I like the sound. Sound is nice. The um the shotgun scene in particular <laughs> is fantastic. Oh my gosh! I sincerely want to watch that again. That and Jack and Jill stole the top of my list. Dunkachino. Dunkachino. <laughs> I remember, no, I remember about a couple, maybe a year back, we tried watching fucking Jack and Jill on a rabbit. <laughs> and I, I quit halfway through. Because you were like, man, there's too much Adam Sandler for me. I got to take, take a sit down and listen for a second. <laughs> I gotta take a sit down and I gotta breathe for a good couple minutes. That was one of my first uh, streams, I think, with Metro. I might be wrong about that because I did a lot of them like when I first joined, but I'm pretty sure Jack and Jill with you guys, and that still remains to this day one of my favorite streams of all time. The Jack and Jill stream. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't know. You guys probably don't even remember it like that well, but for some reason, that just like made my world a little bit better. I loved it, and was like, I got to do this again someday, and that someday is approaching. You know and the... that. Oh, go ahead. That's the origin story. That's that's how we all met. 
Jack and Jill. You know, the... yeah, and you go like twist it with his sister. <laughs> twist it with your sister. You're doing twist, twist with your sister. <laughs> Thank you. I can't do it. You're doing twist it with your sister. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm looking at Steven Susco, who made um, Dark Sus Web. This is his first and only directorial credit. He wrote um, The Grudge, The Grudge 2, Red, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Unfriended Dark Web, Hellfest. And then he's got two more movies coming out underneath his writing credits. Oh, that's Dare a shame. Auteur. He's never that's going weird. to direct another movie because uh, Dark <laughs> Web did not make the money I'm sure they were hoping for. No, you want you want to know what's some tour type shit? What? Countdown. Uh, uh, I hate Dark Web. Dark Web is so boring. Countdown. No, it's so good. Countdown so is good. so good. It's <laughs> great. Countdown is so good. Countdown like, is so boring. No, no, no. The the best part about Countdown is the fucking what's his face in the basement at a church listening to Panini. Oh, the the priest. The priest listening to Panini, like, in, in the close-up Zoom that they do while in the chair swiveling. Mm, no. He's like, did you say demons? I love demons! I and love the, demons! And then the guy's like, the guy at the computer who's programming uh, the main girl's uh, phone is like, he's like, how much longer, how, how long do you think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be around for? Uh, I'd like to add, like, 30 more years of my life for that. Oh, my God. So, uh, I was like, well cinema the production budget for dark web was one million dollars and it made 16.4 times that production budget grossing Dang. a worldwide estimate of 16 million four hundred thirty four thousand five hundred eighty eight dollars that's Ooh, a tour cinema goodness. with that's an extra cinema. with an extra one hundred thirty thousand eight hundred sixty four dollars from uh blu-ray and dvd sales mm. <laughs> i love how the thumbnail for the trailer, at least when you Google Unfriended Dark Web, um, the first one that shows up is the, the emote that we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maya, please! <laughs> Maya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. It's pretty fucking funny. Well, I, I think that's a wrap. That's, that's a, a wrap. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Thank Leon you. Dion. We uh, go ahead, introduce yourselves as I stumble across my own words. Cuck. Thanks. So long, farewell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Good night. Introduce is my new favorite word. Goodbye. I'm at the thing on the flying chubbies. You can find all oh. of us on Letterbox, by the way. My name is Leon Dion. Meredith is under Meredith Riggs. Mark is, I believe, under Crimes. Right. Yep. And Dylan is under just Dylan, I think, right? And it's got the little patron symbol by it's it. It's the worst. The elite. The worst. The elite. He's got the patron. <laughs> That's how you know he's the big boy. You can't fuck with him.